Dan, how are you doing today? Doing great, Arrow. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, man, thank you for the laughs because we need it right now. We need something to escape with and come back to when we need it again and again and again. Yes, the worse things are in the world, the better comedy is. You know, why is that? And I've talked about that so many times on my iHeartRadio show is that, you know, that, that so much comes out of our own personal darknesses. And it's like sometimes we need to sit down, listen to it and laugh about it. That's right. Uh, they say, you know, comedians are kind of like the philosophers of the new era. You know, we're truth tellers and we can talk about the issues, make light of them. And it's such an escape, uh, you know, live performance, all time high, not exclusive to comedy. Again, concerts, sporting events, um, Broadway, everything is booming right now. It's a nice time to do it. Do you see yourself as being an antenna toward culture or, you know, because you, you're broadcasting what we're living and feeling and, and going through in this everyday world. And then up there on that stage, it's like, oh, my God, I can so relate with this guy. I mean, he's living my life. Yeah, yeah. Audiences want to hear something about themselves said by somebody else. So that's why they go to shows. That's sort of escapism, yeah. It's called It's it's Enough Already. It sounds like you just swiped that from my father's lips because he would say that all the time. When the kids in the family were going crazy, he'd go, it's enough already. Come on. It's Correct. enough. Yes, yes. That's uh, Yeah, that's my first album. It's uh, yes. It was actually created, I, I thought of it when a comedian told me that he did 80 minutes of stand-up at a comedy room and I wasn't a big fan of his comedy and I was like you did 80 minutes at that room Ugh, it's enough already <laughs> when you create is your family around you are you watching them are you studying them like a like a silent wolf because I mean you you really get in there and you share incredible stories that we happen to laugh at or with yeah. we laugh with it Definitely, definitely. No, family's a huge, huge resource. Um, yeah, it's enough already. Definitely something I heard as a, as, as a kid, too. Uh, but this new album is a, is a uh, the, the title is based on Heckler. And uh, <laughs> heck, I, I received one night when I, an audience member yelled out, you're better than this. You know what? The, those hecklers, there are, there are many times that it's like, oh, here we go again. Because that's, that's one of the reasons why I like to sit in the back of the comedy zone here in Charlotte is because I want to see which side of the room the heckler's going to come from. Right, right. No, it's a big thing right now. Audiences um, are thinking uh, comedy is interactive right now because what's very popular on the internet is um, comedians doing crowd work and responding to audiences and because they don't want to burn the material. So we're sort of conditioning audiences to expect this interactiveness, which is not how it is. You be quiet, I tell jokes. Uh, the other night, I'm about to go on stage and a guy who was a little bit inebriated said, hey, man, here's $100. Can you stop your show midway so I can propose to my girlfriend? Mm. And I forgot to do it. Oh, no. <laughs> and I woke up the next morning with $100 in my pocket. And I'm like, where did I get this from? True story. Does this guy really think I'm going to stop my show for this? I mean, crazy. <laughs> Fans of comedy don't realize what it takes to craft a joke. And that I'm always fascinated by the way that you guys work a room, you practice it, and you take it to another room, you practice it, and you start fine-tuning it. That it just doesn't happen. That's correct. That's the, the thing I'm addicted to the most. The creation of material, the crafting of jokes, the editing. And again, that's the one thing a comedian has control over in the business, which, again, most of the business is out of control. So... 
performing and uh, really focus on that. What What do you do in situations where you have people that, because I know in radio that, you know, where I thought I had control until the program director would hotline me or would come into the studio itself. You know, when, when do you have that full control or, or are some of these club owners saying, okay, uh, Dan, that's, I like what you did on this particular thing, but don't bring it to this studio. No, clubs actually are the best because that's where we're, that's the front lines of comedy. Did the new album come out or come with rules? Because you know how we are, this, this darn woke thing, man. And I mean, it's, it's like you say the wrong thing and all of a sudden, boom, down we go. Yeah, you know, comedy album, and again, when I say album, uh, everybody makes fun of me because, you know, specials are really what people do, yeah. comedy specials. But I'm old school. I kind of like an album, you know, an LP, and a record. Uh, I, I, you know, I grew up on comedy albums, so that's what I wanted to make. Um, I am not too nervous about, you know, the whole sort of woke culture and, 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 and censoring. Um, you know, that, again, a lot of people talk about that now, but we have to remember that, um, Lenny Bruce was declared an enemy of the state when he was yeah. a performer and he was arrested for his comedy. Nobody is arrested for the material in this day and age. Nobody's declared an enemy of the state. So as much as we are sort of focused on, you can't say this, it's crazy culture. Think about those days and when your, your jokes could lead you to jail. Again, no one's going to jail right now for comedy. That's not happening. So um, I don't hold too much stock in it as as a lot of other people do do you hold that fear that when you talk with radio jocks around the country you go into the studios or you're doing like what we're doing right now on zoom that it's like okay tell me a joke and all of a sudden the joke is the one reason why somebody went to the comedy club and then all of a sudden they're not laughing there because they heard the joke on the radio because i i don't want to talk about your jokes and and because i'm trying to protect you as the artist right Great. Yeah, I don't. I try not to slip into material. I, if, if anything, on radio, I try to tell stories of things that are maybe happened on stage yeah. or happened with shows. Because I think a lot of people want to. They'd be like, "Oh, wow, that that could happen at a show. I want to see how this guy handles it." Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you know. So far, you know, I've been doing a ton of radio spots today, and rarely have dipped into my into my act, which um, I'm thankful for. Let's keep that for uh, the live the live show. Absolutely. You know, speaking of that live show, a lot of uh, uh, comedians uh, chose to either do a a, a podcast or not to do one. I used to be in the, in those green rooms when I was sitting down with them in the early days and they, they were going, no, no, my, myself needs to be on that stage, not coming through a speaker. Have, have you ever thought about that? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm old fashioned. I really just like the traditional stand up comedian yeah. does the show, gets the money. That's it. Uh, my excuse, everybody goes, Oh, you don't have a podcast. How come? And I go, well, I hate money. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I also, you know, I, I, again, there's so many podcasts out there that I wanted sort of an original idea. And I had a couple of ideas where, uh, you know, this would be, it would be hard to do, but I thought it was pretty original. I just needed somebody to help me with it where I surprise comedians or semi-professional comedians at their day jobs. And it's called, you're not a comedian. <laughs> I don't know why that never took off, but I thought it was a great idea. You know, I surprised some comic at the DMV, and I was like, "Ah, I knew it! I knew you weren't a full-time comic. What do you do here? What's your day job like?" I think that would, I think that would, uh, that would really hit. <laughs> it's a lifestyle, isn't it? The the, the comedy. Yeah, no doubt. It's a, the subculture of, of stand-up. It's amazing how many people are pursuing it right now and how many people are involved in it. No better time to do stand-up than right now. Yeah, but inside your creative heart, though, you've got to be able to look at somebody and when, when somebody who's trying to do it, like maybe they're opening up or they're they're at a comedy school like we have here in Charlotte, uh, You know, mm. do, do you look at them and just go, ah, dude, you need a little bit more guts and glory in there, but uh, you're kind of skipping the beat right now. 
I try to tell people that you need to have patience. Ooh. That's number one, because, you know, um, a great comedian out of Boston, Tony V said, it's a marathon. It's, it's not a race. So, uh, the longevity, longevity of comedy, how long you've been doing it, um, means a lot, but if you are being creative and continually trying to pursue, um, new material, uh, talk about your vulnerabilities on stage, the comedian that just tells the same jokes over and over again without, uh, without changing their style or their material, ugh, that's, that's really tough. You know, mm -hmm. this is about creation of new material. This is what audiences want to see. They want to come back to see you. And if they're seeing the same jokes, they're not going to come back to see you mm -hmm. and uh, no better rush than creating uh, new jokes right now. So trying to let younger comics know like, Hey, that that's what this is about. Um, it's not about sort of just like the ego trip of becoming a comedian, you know, trying to remember that the creative part of it's, is what really uh, is exciting the most. Do you ever get the opportunity to walk into the club when there's nobody in there and just listen to the walls? Because so many comedians have been on that stage and it's almost like everybody leaves something behind and you're there to pick yeah. it up. I'm so nostalgic about comedy. I mean, the fact that I, I mean, again, 20 years in this and I still can't believe that it's happening. Mm -hmm. Something that I wanted to do when I was like eight, nine years old, seven years old. I can't believe that I was able to follow my dream. Again, not a lot of people can say that. Um, so yes, I love getting to a club early or I love getting to the club when the, the opening act is on and just looking at the people in the audience, mm -hmm. getting a feel for that, really just thinking about that. And then also when I'm on the stage, being able to think about all the other comedians that have been on that stage. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, you know, that's so crazy to me that I'm doing what, you know, some of my influences, uh, you know, I, I'm very lucky I'm able to perform in Boston at the Wilbur Theater um, and just being on that stage, walking out there every time. I always think about how many acts have been there and have had that experience of looking out into the the rafters of those of the of the audience and, and, and just and just just sucking it all in. Because, again, you know, a lot of people don't really reflect on it. So um, I'm, I'm very lucky that, again, I, I, I still I look at a comedy check and look at it and think, why, why are they even giving this to me? This is bananas. <laughs> yeah, I would have done it for free. Just ask me next time. All right. I'll do it for free. <laughs> yeah. Don't, you don't want to let clubs know that. Though. <laughs> what scares you more? That small stage with that brick wall behind you or the big theater stage? You know, it does, I'd say neither of them scare me. Both have um, their own elements of um, excitement. Um, you know, a room that holds 50, 60 people. Um, and so my album that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you're better than this, this new album is, you know, a crowd of about 75, 80 people. And I love that intimacy. It captures something different than a theater um, holds. But Again, when you're on a theater and you hear, you know, 1,200, 1,300 people laughing at your jokes, I mean, that's a whole different experience as well. So none of them really scare me, but do provide, you know, some incredible moments in in, in, in their own, um, in, 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 in both those different scenarios. Wow. Well, congratulations on the brand new album. You got to come back to this show anytime in the future. And if you get down here to Charlotte, man, we got to get together for some lunch. That's so nice of you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'd love to get down there. Definitely. Excellent. Well, you be brilliant today. Okay, sir. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me.